Hello and welcome to the Hype Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Safa Alchami, and stick around while I discuss mindset hacks and self-development advice that will assist you in unlocking your true potential. So I actually think it's really fair for you guys to actually learn about who I am and what I do before we actually continue into this podcast. For you guys to actually learn how I've become what I've become and how I can help you become from where you are today to where you want to go is to truly learn about who I am and how I'm going to help you along this journey. Now, wherever you're tuning in from, know that everything that I discuss in this podcast is somewhat personal, but you can actually adapt it into your life today. So without further ado, let's get started. So who am I? Well, first and foremost, I am a mindset business coach. You also will be hearing me say a mindset therapist at the same time. It is just an easier way to explain what I do. Over the course of the time that I've been in the online space, I've grown and adapted from different areas of my life to what you see today. So yes, I will have a lot more stories along with this one. But for me to actually set the foundation for your learning, I will be telling you how I came here today and what is the fuel to the fire that burns within me to helping people grow to their full potential. So who am I? My name is Safal Chami. Currently at the time, I am 30 years old. I am a mother of three and I absolutely love the hustle and bustle of life. I have my master's in NLP. And if you don't know what NLP is, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming which is the studies of behaviors and processes. So you guys can grow and adapt and overcome things like trauma, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and behavioral processes that hold you back from living your life today. As you might see, I am a mindset therapist and coach. I've helped so many people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different occupations over the course of last five years. I love everything to do with business and I have failed more times you can count. And that's why I'm successful in where I am today. Adversities and the failures have fueled my successes just as much as anything. Currently, I'm actually studying clinical hypnotherapy and psychotherapy. So that's why I call myself a mindset therapist. Yes, I am called the hype coach. I call myself the hype coach because if you're not hyped around me, then I haven't done my job correctly. I was actually, I've been in this space for five years and I was in social media way before it was very cool. I actually started off in network marketing and I was coaching people within the network marketing community. I was a life coach, but within the community. And then just this year, I opened it up to the public because I realized that people need mindset more than ever, especially after COVID and lockdowns. I've come such a long way. And my true self-development journey started five years ago. And five years ago, within these five years, I have followed so many people's advice, expertise, tips, and tricks. And really, I found that I needed to resonate with a woman or a person that has the hustle and bustle lifestyle that I have. So no matter where you're tuning in from, no matter what your ethnicity, what your occupation, or your age, you are in the right place because you will learn a lot more than just a thing or two. Before we continue and learn about how I am where I am, I'm going to tell you guys about my story. Now, before I continue, I will give you a disclaimer. This story is subjected to my experience and how I interpreted the world. 
which as we all do through our experiences and trauma, it is very much from my point of view. So if I view someone else from a different light, it's because the way I express it. Also, I am still going through my own healing journey at the same time. A lot of my childhood was suppressed from being disassociated for so long. And obviously you being through hypnosis, using hypnosis, I have come such a long way. And as the years and days go on, I am actually learning so much more about myself because my memories of my childhood are being uncovered because I'm looking for the positive and rather the negative. So let me explain to you my story. I'm actually a middle child. I have an older sister and a younger brother. And I was born in Australia and my parents escaped the civil war in Lebanon in the 1970s to the 1980s. They came here for a better life. They came here to truly live the Australian dream. And let me tell you, it came at a cost. As we go on, you would understand that it is very congruent with parents who did leave the civil war to put their emotions, put their trauma on the side and truly deal and make their lives for their children. They escaped poverty and abuse from their narcissistic parents and then transformed intergenerational trauma to then us. They didn't understand the value of human mental health and honoring their mental health and having a break. They didn't know that because of lack of knowledge. I was actually raised by two narcissists and they were very much generational. I can see that my grandfather and my grandmother both on both sides were narcissists as well from the stories that I've heard. My story does have a fair few incidents and scenarios of domestic violence and abuse. I grew up, unfortunately, being at the hands of that domestic violence and abuse between my parents because I didn't always see eye to eye and they weren't really good at communicating their emotions. They also weren't good at actually asking for help. They thought that it would just be fine and mental illness is something that crazy people do. Now, if you guys don't know my background, yes, I was born in Australia, but my parents are Lebanese. So the culture of the Lebanese Muslim community is fabricated by this belief that mental illness makes you crazy. And I learn and I want to change that. And I do everything in my power in order to, for us to change that fact. But I cannot do it alone. That's why I need your help. So at the age of nine, my parents split after my father was caught cheating on my mother. This destroyed her. My mother was actually with my father from the age of 14 or 15 from her experience. So that was a very young age. And my parents only being a couple of years apart, he was very young as well. So if my mom was about 14, that means he was probably about 17, maybe 16. And they actually left their hometown, their home family, everything that they know for the unknown. So they made that challenge. They made that sacrifice for themselves, for their family and where I am today. And I'm actually really grateful for that. My mom, after the event of the divorce, she went through an immense amount of depression because there was actually a fight when this happens. So if I go backtrack a little bit, just to give you guys clarification, I remember I was about nine years old and my mother had given my father all her savings. And at the time, I think it was about $60,000. And he told her, give me the money and I will go to Lebanon and buy us a new house. And they had already had a house, mind you, um, in Lebanon, but she gave him everything that she owned for him to give us another future. Little did she know that he actually went to Lebanon to get married. And this is when the issue started. We actually got a call 
someone told my mom, you know, your, your husband is with someone else. You need to come down to Lebanon. So Wednesday, we got the news. Thursday, we booked the ticket. And Friday, we were leaving just for clarification. My mom didn't have any money. She was a single mom at that time. And she was working her absolute asshole. So she gathered up everything that she had left and flew all four of us to Lebanon. And there we have it. We actually seen him with his new wife. And there was a massive brawl. I'm talking about massive. Anyone who is watching this, let me explain to you. That incident haunted me for a very long time and not a very long, prolonged period of my life. And I also suppressed it among the other addiction and avoidance throughout my life. But when we came back, my mom went through a very depressive moment and a very depressive time in her life. She, yes, she was providing for us as much as physically possible, but she eventually worked her ass off working two jobs so she didn't have to worry about that. Now, looking back, I knew that was avoidance. Now, looking back, she immersed herself into work. So that way she doesn't deal with whatever's dealing, like happening there. And all of us, my sister and my younger brother and I were basically raising each other. My sister is six years older than me. So she took parent role and she was parentified. She was a lot more mature than they made her. Her childhood was robbed from her because she was too busy being a parent. And if you're an older child, you would probably find resonating light within that. My older sister eventually got married at 17 and she just left. But by choice, she wanted to leave. And she will tell you that I left because I didn't want the instability and inconsistency at home. So she got married at the age of 17, which left then me and my brother to raise ourselves. And at the time, it was a very awkward time. We didn't know what was happening. So I had to then take the parent role away from my sister, but I actually didn't like it. I didn't like having all the responsibility on me. And even though it taught me how to trust myself, my mom was still in and out. So there while my mom was working 16 hour days to put food on our table and obviously avoid the emotions that she had suppressed over a long period of time. During this time, my mom did get remarried, but they were just as bad as my dad. My teenage years were very conflicting. And I mean very conflicting. I was still learning about who I was, what I had dealt with, fitting in, and dealing with the emotions that I had bowled up. Yes, I had seek therapy, but unfortunately, with the lack of knowledge, I remember telling my mom at the age of 15, I need to see a therapist. My mom being just lack of knowledge, obviously. She said, if you, in Arabic, of course, If you go to therapy, you'll ruin your life forever. You'll never be able to have your kids and they'll take your kids away from you. And I remember thinking at times, I was very mature. I was like, no, that's not the case. They're meant to help you. She's like, what do you mean? She was very taken aback by that. I'm like, therapists are actually meant to help. You're not meant to do it all. You're meant to speak to someone. And then she was like, okay, well, see someone. And then she left it at that. And I never seen someone. So I actually had to go and see a school counsellor for her to refer me to someone else. I've seen a lot of therapists, let me tell you that. And I know the good, the bad and the ugly. At the age of 17, I met my husband and he was actually my best friend's brother at the time. And I grew a very fond relationship with my now mother-in-law. She was the mother that I didn't, like I needed. She was the one that's always giving me advice. She was one that's helping me be my best self Even though she was Lebanese from the community, she had a very different way of thinking. And I actually owe it to her because I had that ability to actually have a trusting adult that was able to filter through my emotions and what I was dealing with. 
along with obviously dealing with her own children at the same time. My husband still now teaches me everything that I know. He motivates me when I'm down. He motivates me to become a better person. He supports me. And he <laughs> he's the best person that you can ever come across. And he teaches me and pushes me to be a better person. I, going back to school, after I left school in year 12, I didn't have the ability to go to uni. I didn't have that privilege. I had to jump into the workforce immediately. So with whatever qualifications that I had, I just jumped into the workforce, workforce. And the first thing that I learned was going to retail. I was already qualified in it because I had done a short course in year 12. So after doing all of that, I still had to come home and pay bills. And given the fact that my mom was still working her ass off, avoiding everything. When around this time, my sister left her husband and she came back and we lived in one whole big, well, it wasn't really big. It was actually a two bedroom unit. It was my sister and for her son. Her, her son was about two years old at the time. We all lived together. And um, let me tell you, it was very conflicting at the same time. I felt, who is this person coming back into my family, taking my space, taking my my safe spot, because my room obviously was my safe zone and my comfort zone. And I was very angry towards her. But it wasn't her fault, of course. She came back knowing that she could always come back and that's where she was safe. So after we moved in all together, I was a child dealing with real life emotions, real life problems that a child should not go through at the age of 14. When we moved in all together, it was very conflicting. So we all jumped into the workforce to help us become better. Now, given the fact that throughout my childhood, my mom went back and forth between these depressive episodes and she would actually lock herself in the room for a good two or three months. But we, not, we thought nothing of it. We thought my mom is tired. She kept telling us, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Leave me alone. I'm tired. And she would shut the world out. Until obviously, well, I hit my 19th birthday. On my 19th birthday, at this time, my sister had actually left our home because my mom started to be very abusive to her, physically abusive to her and her child. So to save her child and herself, she moved out into a one-bedroom granny flat. And if you guys are watching this and listening to this from somewhere else, a granny flat is basically a house that they build behind a big house. So it's a small one or two-bedroom house where they rent out and try to make extra money. It's very known in Sydney, Australia. So she moved out, which left me to deal with my mum's issues and my brother at the time. So I had full responsibility of my brother. And my mum was just locked herself in the room for the prior six months leading up to my 19th birthday, not speaking to anyone, not eating, not drinking, not praying. Ramadan, which is the month of fasting, by the way, went past and she didn't even know. She didn't realise. She thought we were lying to her. Or we told her it's Ramadan. And she lost over 35 kilos during this time. Now, given the fact that this was a norm in my childhood, we didn't know the severity of it at the time. Of course, lack of knowledge. I will also say this. The Muslim community is very, very, had a big misunderstanding for mental health from the very beginning. They almost palm off every mental issue, anxiety, depression, PTSD, as lack of faith. And the first thing that they do is go see a sheikh, which is the Muslim um, interpretation of a priest and they would bring him bring holy water read on the person and then leave now this was the first second third fourth piece of advice that we gave so we did actually get a share to read on my mom she was absolutely fine there was nothing wrong with her she wasn't possessed even though on the contrary to what people think that's what apparently that's what she had 
she was not depressed. She was mentally ill. And we didn't know about it at the time. So on my 19th birthday, the sheriff knocked on my door. I had just arrived back from work. I worked at a wait- wait- as a waitress at that time and said, do you know that you haven't paid rent in six months? And I said, no. He said, well, you haven't paid rent in six months. It is now Tuesday. You have by Friday to pack up your stuff unless give me the six months of rent or you pack up and leave because I'm going to lock the, like I'm going to change the locks on you. I was very, very confused. My sister had left. I didn't have anyone to help me deal with all this. I was very confused. Very, very confused. It's my birthday. What do you mean? This is supposed to be a really great day, but it's not. It wasn't. It was the beginning of a very conflicting time for me and another challenge that God sent my way. So I needed to pack everything in the house somehow and find a new place to stay. How on earth am I going to do that when my mom won't leave the room? I was so confused. Cried a little bit, had an anxiety attack or two, but then I had to deal with the issue was I needed to get out in four days. How was I going to do that? So my sister, after a while, she was helping us really move out. Couldn't find anyone that would give someone a house. A teenager, age of 19, working $500 a week, give them a rental property. Not possible. Who is going to do that? So, And also, I had to pack everyone and move them with me. And I know what you're thinking, right? Well, ask your family members to help you. Well, my friends, they either wouldn't help us or wouldn't help us. My sister couldn't help us because she didn't have no, had no room and her landlord was like, nah, not happening. Or they wouldn't help us even though they should have. Yes, it's the human thing to do. Give someone to live. Give them somewhere to live. But it's not that case. Tried everything and doors kept shutting in my face. It's either they couldn't help or just simply didn't want to. So this taught me how to be self-reliant and not rely on anyone. And this is one of the key points of value in my life right now. At the time, I couldn't get everything done in time. So I put all that stuff into storage. My sister had an idea to call the mental hospital. They came out and they assessed my mom with an interpreter and she happily went with them. She explained to them that she was having paranoid thoughts. She thought someone was going to hurt her, kill her kids and all of the above. So she happily went with them. And this was the start of her healing journey and start of figuring out what was truly wrong with her. Now, given the fact that she had gone through a lot of trauma in her life from her parents, my dad, and obviously the time where she was a single parent, I mean, she was going too hard for too long and got so exhausted. That's why I have an immense amount of respect for single moms and single parents. So after this, couldn't find a place in time. So I lived out of my car for a bit. Yep. I lived out of my car. While I lived out of my car, I used to actually have a shower at the gym that I went to. I had a gym membership, so I had a shower at the gym and then got up and go to work and came back. My brother would go to school before and after school care while I finished my job, came back, picked him up. Stayed at my sister's for a bit and then slept. Again, another adversity until I could not take it anymore. I remember I saved up just enough, just enough to rent something. And I remember at the time 
there was newspapers that went, they still go around. I think it was the torch or something. It's basically like a Canterbury Bankstown newspaper. I opened it and I went to the back for rental properties and I found someone renting a granny flat, a one bedroom granny flat. I called them straight away. I went to see him and I told him, I will give you the first week's rent up front. And he was very conflicted. He was like, I don't want to rent it to someone that's young. I was thinking of people who are older. And then I said to him, I don't have anywhere else to go. It's either you let me live here or I go back to living in my car. He gave me that key and I still remember it was a blue key. He dropped it into my palm, the palm of my hand. And he said to me, welcome home. I remember dropping to the floor and just crying. I was so overwhelmed and happy at the same time. So for the next six months of that, I worked my absolute ass off. 16 hour days, just like my mom did, because that's all I knew. And at this time, my brother was kind of raising himself. He had no other choice. I had no other choice. I couldn't keep up with the bills. During the time of the six months of consistently working, my mom finally got diagnosed. And when she was diagnosed, it made so much sense. She was finally diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar, and depression. And she was put on medication. And slowly, we've seen a massive amount of progress in her. She started being happy again, started sleeping more, started eating, started putting on weight. And it was a visual aspect as much as a mental aspect. She looked happier, more radiant. But that's not to say we weren't still conflicted. After she got diagnosed, I crashed myself. I was exhausted. Six months of working your ass off, relationships falling apart, friendships falling apart, no one having back. I crashed myself and I shut the world out. It was immense. And I could no longer live at the granny flat that I had actually rented. So when my mom got out of the mental hospital after she had got diagnosed, she wasn't 100%. But she was well enough to help us find some couches to surf on. Yeah, we went couch surfing for a little bit. We lived at some one of my mum's friend's house for a good six months after that while I figured out my life when I shut out the whole world. And we didn't have a place to stay. There was too much instability there. So after that six months, I was around 20 at the time, we finally found a house to call our own. And let me tell you, when my mom showed us this house, me and my brother cried so much. Something that someone takes for granted. You all, I hope you all, are listening to me from a home. And you have a home. You have somewhere to call your home or someone to call your home. You know what home means to you. This was unstable for us. Like there was no, there was no stability there for us. So when we finally, finally found a home, I could finally build myself up. I got a job in childcare. Yes, I'm qualified in childcare, believe it or not. And I became an apprentice. So I was earning and learning at the same time. I earned enough to actually start my life. At the age of 21, I got married and then I had my kids. And after I had my kids, I learned that I need to heal for them. I learned that I couldn't pass on the generational trauma that was forced upon me from my grandparents. I learned that intergenerational trauma is the real enemy in households. Not expectations, not roles, intergenerational trauma. And that was a real enemy. So if you're listening to this, and I hope this podcast stays up for as long as I could live, 
Kamal Salam and Taj. My life started when I had you. I was asleep before I had you. I wasn't the best person that I was if it weren't for you. And even though it may seem that my life was distorted and meaningless, you put meaning to my life. And I love you so much for it. Everything that I create is just for you. Everything that I create is for you, for you to benefit from. And I hope one day you guys will be the people of the future, growing, adapting, and motivating other people to make great choices. I hope you know how much I love you. Now, if you're watching this, this story actually isn't a sad one, even though I got emotional. This story is about triumph, adversity, and faith, because I would not be here if it weren't for my faith. To know that just because you don't know, the outcome will always work in your benefit, either to teach you or for you to benefit from it. I want to share my story so others are brave, brave enough to share theirs. I want to show you how to be a superhero to your own life rather than a victim. I know there are so many people that feel like they don't have a representative, a role model, or someone they can resonate with. And I want to be better. And I want you to be better. And I know you want to be better. And if you want this and you don't know who to turn to or where to go, then this is what the podcast is for. Your emotions, challenges, and everything that you're going through is valid. On the contrary, it doesn't matter what people say, think, or say to you. You know in your heart it's right, so do it. And you are safe here. And I value you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this podcast episode helped you in any way, please share it on your socials. You can find me on IG, Safa Alchami, TikTok, The Alchami Life, and you can book to work with me personally through my website, thehypecoach.com. I look forward to working with you. Let's grow.